For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. chronicles my experience over the last six years in dealing with the two-tiered system of justice in Washington. Yes. But, yes. but the real purpose of the book is to send a message to the American people uh, that their freedom is at risk. And that yeah. if you think what happened to me is unusual, you're wrong. Because what they did to me can happen. Yes. He froze. He froze. He'll be back. It's Skype. It's a left-wing conspiracy, that's right. So uh, we have got Paul Manafort with us today. He's the author of Political Prisoner, and he oh, joins us here live. He is the uh, also, as the campaign chairman for Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign, Paul put into place the structure that delivered the nomination and eventually the general election for Donald J. Trump in this brand-new book, Claims Donald Trump will run and win in 2024. Paul Manafort back with us here uh, via the magic of the old Skip Skype. Yes, the old Skype Rooney. So, Paul, your book is absolutely amazing. Um, take me through the writing process. Did you use notes? Did you have an outline? How, how, did, you, how did you bring this book to life? Well, when you when you're telling the truth, the story is easy to write. Uh, and. <laughs> yes. uh, and, and what I had to do was organize my thoughts, obviously. But uh, the experience, when, when I was put into solitary confinement, I started taking notes about the things I thought would be important if I were to write a book. Yeah. Because at that time, what I was concerned about was that they had put a gag order on me. They had stuck me in solitary confinement. They kept me uh, yes. away from uh, telling my story in the media. Meanwhile, they use anonymous sources from the government to uh, to. To convict me in the court of public opinion so that Absolutely I had no amazing. chance by the time I got to trial to ever had a fair trial, especially in the District of Columbia. Yeah. Uh, it's so uh, the heart of anti-Trump land. Uh, so <laughs> it, it yes. even solitary confinement, yes. I sort of structured my thinking along the lines of what I wanted to talk about. But then when I got my publisher, Skyhorse Publishing, uh, I sat down with them and said, how do you want to do this book? Uh, and they, he said, well, look, put an outline together. And uh, then we'll talk about it. So I, uh, over the course of three or four days, put an outline together. It was over 100 pages. It was 21 chapters. And in the end, my book pretty much followed that outline. That's awesome. Um, you know, they helped draw me out other stories and facts and things like that that were important to you know, buy the chapters. But the book was pretty true to that original outline. That's awesome. <laughs> so Don Mazzella, SB Digest, our... Uh upstanding newspaper journalist. What 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 what, what, do you, what what kind of questions do you have for Mr. Manafort, my friend? Well, I'd like to jump jump forward because there's two things that happened today that I, I'd love uh, Paul's opinion on. The, one is the trial um, special counsel. If you look at the trial, if you read it in some papers, it's, it's one thing, and most other papers in the media have totally ignored the trial in Washington. Um, and, you know, just the fact that the FBI offered a million dollars to uh, uh, and the guy couldn't c come through with the, any proof and, and they ignored it. 
I mean, uh, none of this is explained in the New York Times or any of the mainstream yeah. press. Um, how, how does how do you overcome that? And the the, the uh, well, I'll start with that question because I, yeah. I I think it's important. That's a that's a very good question, Don. And the reality is that the Durham investigation has helped connect all the dots. Um, I, I finished my book in uh, in December of last year, so I got the first year of the Biden administration into the book, but I also got the Durham investigation early trials into the book. And here's what, in, in my book, I'm able to put together the most comprehensive fact-by-fact fact way in which things rolled out, uh, because the books that were written about this in, in 2018 and 19 and 20 were still dealing with only what they could ferret out, not all of the facts. Durham really connected those dots. And what did it show us? It showed us that in 2016, in July of 2016, uh, Hillary Clinton told Robbie Mooks, her campaign manager, to put out a false story of Trump and Putin working together. Uh, and he did. And we know that's true because Mooks, under oath at one of the uh, Durham trials, admitted that they knew it was false and Hillary had directed him to do that. We also know that a couple of days later, John Drennan, the CIA director, from his own handwritten notes uh, that came out during the Durham trials, uh, briefed Obama on this fake story that Hillary was putting out. Yet two weeks later, the end of July, Peter Strzok at the FBI instigated Crossfire Hurricane investigation, which was to investigate the connections of the, of the collusion between Trump and Putin which they already knew there were no connections. So when it all started, the CIA, the FBI, and the White House all knew that the Russian collusion narrative was a Hillary Clinton dirty trick. Now fast forward, um, and the special counsel uh, is is, is created in, in, in May of 2017 to investigate it. And what's the predicate for this creating the special counsel? The Steele dossier. Well, we now know from the Devchenko trial this week that the FBI offered Devchenko a million dollars to give verification of the Steele dossier, and he couldn't do it. Amazing. So the FBI knew the Steele dossier was unverified, and therefore the predicate for the Mueller investigation was was not verifiable in existence. So you take all that together. We now know it was a total fraud by Hillary Clinton yeah. on the American people. We now know the FBI, the F, the CIA, the Obama White House, and the special counsel knew. Just amazing. It 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 is it is just amazing that something like this. There's that left wing conspiracy again. <laughs> He'll be hey, back. I, uh, yeah. I, IQ, that's you doing it. That's right. Trump. They knew they didn't have it. They yeah. knew they didn't have it. So they got a secret letter from Rod Rosenstein to expand the investigation of Paul Manafort yes. for his whole life. Yes. For his whole life. How was that connected to Russian collusion? Well, it wasn't. So he was way out of bounds on that. And, and all of that went from there. And what did they indict me on? They indicted me on a fair charge that I already resolved at the Department of Justice. <laughs> It had already been resolved, and 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 Andrew Weissman told the, the special the, the head of Farah that he was throwing out that agreement, an agreement by the way that had no civil charges, no criminal charges, yep. no penalties. Yep. It was just just a filing, and he said, "I'm throwing that out," and then he indicted me on a criminal violation, which had never been done in the 70 years of the history of the Farah Act. 
So, wow. I mean, it was all a big uh, facade. Uh, it was all a total abuse of the judicial process, but it's the way that system works. Yeah. They, the Obama weaponized the law enforcement system. He weaponized the Department of Justice. They knew the truth, and they didn't care. But, Paul, uh, if I may ask, it's, uh, uh, I'm a little, a little older than you guys, but it, it never seemed to enter American political life. People would argue between the parties, but they could sit down to dinner, to drinks afterwards. What is happening in in Washington that makes this such a poisonous atmosphere? Yeah. Well, you know, it's again, Don, you're right on. Uh, uh, I, I was out in San Francisco for my book tour last week, uh, and I ran into somebody who was a very prominent uh, leader of the Democratic Party in California and nationwide for years, for years, 20, 30 years. And we had a very nice conversation, and we had that conversation at that exact point. Because he and I and others that were friends of ours, joint friends of ours, and this is a Democrat, uh, used to collaborate at the end of the night and talk to him about things. We could, we could laugh about our disagreements. We both loved our country. We understood that. And, but we had different opinions on what was best. But that didn't mean we didn't believe the other person's motivations. That doesn't exist anymore. Yes. And, and the reason it doesn't is because this is an ideology that we're dealing with right now. It's not politics of Democrats and Republicans. It's people of the woke left who don't believe that in, in the, our Constitution, who think that our country was founded on things that, that it wasn't, uh, and, and are trying to really co-opt our, 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 our Bill of Rights to define their power, not our rights. Yes. And, uh, and as a result of that, as a result of that, when Donald Trump came onto the scene, he became an existential threat to what their strategy was and their goal. And so they needed to destroy him. And they tried everything they could. Yeah. And, they, and when he won, they didn't know what to do. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden now, they had broken the law the way they used the law enforcement system and the CIA and the masking, you know, mass, uh, unmasking of people, that Americans that they shouldn't have been, been surveilling. And, and so instead of trying to slip away into the dark and hide their faults, they doubled down uh, and spent four years trying to destroy uh, Trump's presidency, a, tr a presidency that they never even recognized. So when they tell me about January 6th and Donald Trump refusing to recognize the results of the 2020 election, these are the same people who never recognized his election yep. and spent four years trying to yep. destroy his presidency. Uh, so I don't respect their opinions. But when you look at it, it fits into the strategy. Biden's administration came into office, and this is the second reason about my book, second purpose of my book, to warn the American people. Look what he did. He tried to create a bureau of disinformation at the Department of Homeland Security. What does that mean? Well, what that meant was that the DHS would be able to say anybody who disagreed with their interpretation of an event was a domestic terrorist. What does that mean? Yeah. That means they can be thrown into jail with no rights to a lawyer, no rights to be in charge, and just and just be treated like terrorists are treated in Guantanamo Bay, which is what a lot of the January 6th people are, uh, protesters are, are confronting right now. You know, there are people in jail there who you know, didn't go into the Capitol, didn't destroy, destroy the Capitol, but were simply on the Capitol exercising their, their, their right to speak. Yeah. And they're yeah. in jail over a year now, over a year. <laughs> Um, it, it, but, it, but this is the Biden game plan. He gave the most dangerous speech I think I've ever heard an American president give a month ago in Philadelphia when he divided the country into us and them. 
us being the people who supported him and them he called fascists and basically uh, people who don't believe in our country, uh, who don't believe in, in our constitution. Uh, and, and he's trying to build a rep an administration now that focuses on intimidating that other part to either capitulating or suffering yeah. the consequences. And yeah. how, how does he do it? He, he, he hand you know, in the, in a, on an airplane when he could have walked across the street to give himself up. He goes after they go after the father of a pro-life uh, person uh, organization in front of his family, pull him out of the house. Five or six FBI agents, put them in shackles. Yep, yep. These are tactics of the Stalinist left. This <laughs> is what I fought my whole life around the country, around the world, in trying to elect uh, democracies in developing countries. This is what we're confronted with. And in the book, we need to come forward and stop this. We've got well, Paul Manafort uh, with us today. Go, go ahead, Don. Yes, yes. Well, uh, Paul, well, let me ask you the question. Looking ahead to this election, um, uh, if I see, if I read the tea leaves uh, right, most Republican uh, senatorial candidates are pulling ahead of their Democratic outside of perhaps Georgia. But more importantly, it seems to me that there's a ground swelling. Are, are people seeing that or um, are we uh, uh, whistling in the wind? By the and way. There, there goes a left-wing conspiracy. There you go. I didn't know if you heard my question, Paul. Well, I heard you. You, you most uh, Republicans seem to be pulling ahead, and then I lost. Yes, it. yes, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so what, 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 what do you make of all this, Paul? Well, look, it's going to be a red wave on November eighth. The media is trying to pretend uh, that there was closure. Uh, yeah, that the American people uh, are going to turn out because of the uh, the Supreme Court decision on abortion, because of the hearings they just had on January 6th, the number one, number two, number three, and number four issues are inflation, the economy, border security, and, ener and energy independence. Those overwhelmingly are the, issue, are the number one, the top issues. And guess what they rate the Democrats on on those issues? Very poorly. They think 75% think the country's off in the wrong direction. That's not just Republicans. That's independents and that's Democrats. The Hispanic community is one of the leading groups that are moving towards Republicans, especially in the yes. Southwest, because of border security and, and inflation and those prices. So what's going to happen, contrary to what the media has tried to say, is a red wave, not just on the Congress level, but governors. We may elect a governor in Oregon a Republican governor in Oregon. We're going to elect a Republican congressman in L Rhode Island. I mean, we're, so the point is, this wave is going to, to move in massive form. Uh, any race that's under five points right now, meaning the Democrats are winning by up to five points, I would say a Republican can and probably will win. Um, I think that the Senate could be anywhere from 52 to 54 seats Republican. I think the House, you could have 40 seats uh, Republican changing over. Uh, and the important thing is who those people are that are going to be new to office. They're people who believe in the agenda that Trump implemented as president that made a difference for the American people. Uh, and so when they take office, it's not going to be a rhino Republican majority. It's going to be a MAGA Republican majority. Yes. And they are going to mo be motivated to fulfill the agenda that Kevin McCarthy <laughs> has put together in his commitment for America. Uh, that sets out the issues that the American people care about and want resolved. 
Uh, and part of that agenda, and this is what I talk about in my book, is the need for them to investigate the rot and the corruption yes. in, our, in Washington. Yes. Because not to be not to be mean or retaliatory, but because we have to clean it out if we're going to fix it. Uh, and so we have to air it out. And that's what they're afraid of. I predict to you right now that between the November 8th and, and January 3rd, when the new Congress comes in, Hunter Biden's going to cut a deal with the Department of Justice. And it's going to be a sweet deal, but he'll plead guilty so that on January 6th, when the new Congress comes in, they're going to say, well, that matter's over. It's been resolved. Hunter Biden's cut his deal. He's he's and uh, that's it because they know that the the sheriff, new sheriff is coming to town (laughs) and they know there's going to be justice, equal justice, not two tier justice. Yeah. Well, I'm the outlier in this group. And I'm going to say to you, uh, obviously, you want uh, President Trump to run again in 24. But uh, is he the, uh, the, uh, the wrong candidate at the wrong time? Well, look, I mean, I'm not making a decision if he's going to run it again. I think he will run. But let me. But the point I make to people who say, well, but that's a divisive person. And, I, and my answer to that would be, look, you take Donald Trump out of the equation, they're going to say the same thing about whoever the next leading Republican is. Because the yes. point is, it's not Donald Trump. It's now the mo- movement that has identified the threat. And, and whether Ron DeSantis is the nominee or Mike Pompeo is the nominee or Ted Cruz is the nominee, they recognize what Trump has unveiled. And the, the media will treat any one of those people the same way they're treating Trump. So it's, it's a canard. Yeah. It's saying Trump is divisive because that's who they fear. But if Trump wasn't there, they would say the same thing about who steps in his place. You that's have, the problem. We have you to have, have Republicans who yeah. are going to fight for our freedoms and we have to understand that the playbook of the left is to destroy whoever it is today and so if it's not trump they'll try to destroy whoever takes his place and and see paul you've you've said something that (laughs) that i that i wish um i wish more more people would uh embrace uh, uh on that because it do, it's not going to matter if it's if if it's DeSantis if you know all, all the names, they're going to turn around and say, "Oh my God, the guy is you know Satan," <laughs> and it's it's similar to when Joe Biden got the uh, got the nomination, and everybody's like, "Well, he's just a progressive," and it was like, "Okay, well, if that's the case, why didn't we just nominate Bernie Sanders as a real progressive?" And it's like, and it's the same thing here. It's like they're still going to say, "Oh, this guy's buddies with Trump." Well, they never said that Biden was a progressive. They had said that we would have a different election. Well, that too. That too. to point together. But uh, let me just uh, jump, if I may. One, uh, I don't know if you saw the New York Times article about how Biden is a storyteller rather than calling him a liar. Uh, have you seen this story? <laughs> well, no, I didn't. But then, so was Donald Trump. He's a storyteller. <laughs> well, well, he's I a mean, storyteller. Well, you could call it. You could call it, That's that's again the media covering up. How many times does he going to tell the same story when his staff has to correct him? I mean, how many times is he going to say that we, we will step into Taiwan to defend Taiwan against China, and is the staff the next day we we'll pull it back? Do you know how many times that would happen in the Trump administration? Once. Yeah. <laughs> because when they tried to call it back, 
whoever was calling it back would be gone. Yes. Uh, Biden's the president, uh, but he but he doesn't make the decisions. And and I do believe he frames the decisions, but he doesn't make the decisions because if he did, then what you hear from him would be what the policy is. And it's not. Yes. He's all over the lot. Uh, yes. And 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 it's it's getting into dangerous territory. I mean, him talking about Armageddon at a Democratic fundraiser, you know, in ways so it's casual so that, that it's not viewed as relevant. It's just scary. It's scary. Um, and again, I've learned in 50 years in politics, the American people ultimately get it. It may take them some time, occasionally yes. some time to do it, but yeah. they get it. And they see it now. They realize whose president matters. They realize that policies can affect them differently if, if, if the wrong people are in office. Uh, and they understand competence. It's when they can't get the, the, the baby formula, when they can't get uh, you know, common goods, when yep. the prices. Yep. When things are just well, sky we've had high. Zero inflation. They get it. They understand yeah. we don't have zero inflation when they have to when they've got a 10, 15 percent increase in their their monthly budget. Uh, and so you can call that storytelling if you want. The American people identify it as a lie or just not being truthful, uh, however you want to call it. And and they get it. And it's not going to work. Uh, they, the, the, the storytelling isn't going to going to protect them this time. We've got Paul Manafort with us today, author of Political Prisoner. He is amazing. Uh, Don, one, one final comment, and then I want to get IQ in here. Yes, please. But, Paul, I was just wondering, IQ always says, how could 37% of the American people still be voting for Biden? Why, if, if so much is so manifest about wrong, why do you think he still has 37% or whatever the, the number is approval? Look, a lot of the American people don't pay attention to what's going on every day until it's election time. Yeah, they, they voted for a person. You know, they don't they don't live the life daily. They want to go on with their life, with their family, with the issues that they're confronted with. Um, you know, you've got 37 percent. You know, he, you know, basically he's that's a considerable loss in support from what he got uh, two years ago. I mean, I, you know, it's a little outdated now, but there were some polls a couple months ago showing that Biden, 25% of the people who voted for Biden would vote for him today. This was a couple months ago. Just think of that. That's over 60 million people wow. that he lost in, in a year from the time they voted. That's an incredible number. That, and so how you ask a question in a poll, you can get almost any answer you want depending on how you do it. Yes. How you call the self-defined Democrats, you can get every, any question you want. You got to look at the, the range of things. And the range of things... The American people have said that the country's going in the wrong direction. The American people have said they viewed Biden as not capable of handling the issues that are important to them correctly. And they said over a majority now of Democrats, they don't want him to run for re-election. That's all you need to know about how they view what's going on in Washington. And, uh, and so they can fool themselves if they want. But the Democrats understand what's going on. That's why, the, that's why Greg, uh, Gavin Newsom's already campaigning for president. Uh, because he sees the, the carcass on the road. Uh, that's why you've got Bernie Sanders saying he may think about it. That's why, and I would love to see this happen, Hillary Clinton's popping up in the news again. Oh. Uh, and, uh, they smell blood in the water. And uh, that it's Biden's blood they're smelling, not Trump's. Here's here's my view on Hillary. And 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 this may this I I this is gonna come out totally wrong. 
But Hillary Clinton should not be allowed to run for any office anywhere on the face of the planet after she lost to a guy with zero political experience. That's <laughs> just the way it is. Yeah, but he, he, he may have had zero political experience, but he had hundred percent more political brains than she did. Exactly, and that's the thing. Uh, but I, I want to go to IQL Rizzoli. He is joining us from Europe via Skype. He is. Um, the biggest Donald Trump supporter you will ever find. He's got he's he's in the Trump fan club. He's got the Dakota ring. He's got the T-shirt. He's got it all. So IQ, what kind of questions do you have for the legendary Paul Manafort? I don't have questions, but I've got a point of view. You have to be careful during November. Don't take it for granted. The Democrats will subvert it again. They will steal the election again. If the Republicans don't keep their eyes focused on the voting machines, they will lose again. It is irrelevant inflation and no inflation. How is it possible that Biden got 80 or 81 million votes when the most popular president in the history of the Republic was Obama and he got 69 million maximum? I always ask this question and nobody gave me an answer because the answer is simple. They cheated. I was alive on the 3rd of November, just before 2020, and they were counting the votes. And we came That's to a right. conclusion by after midnight that Trump yeah. should have had at least 270 electoral votes. Yep. But 10, 10 hours later, it was completely wiped out. <laughs> So as far as I'm concerned, I don't need anybody to tell me that it was a stolen election. Well, I, I, IQ, to answer your question, because I agree with you, Republicans cannot wait, uh, sit on the sidelines and wait for victory. They have to be diligent right now, yes. uh, and including through Election Day. And I believe that they've learned a lot from the COVID 2020 election. Uh, and and they've tightened the rules in a number of places. They've, they've engaged more pre-election campaign monitoring than they've had in the past. Yes. Uh, they're watching for ballot harvesting in places where the drop boxes are now. Voter identification in a number of the key states, the controversial states, have been tightened. Uh, and so you're right to be to be cautious. And, and I think Republicans are. And I think campaign management uh, in a number of these targeted races is fully aware of it. By the way, another point I would like to give. The reason America is divided is not recent. No, I mean, not uh, instantaneous. It was started by Obama. Eight years of Obama, I have said this on many times on radio talk shows in America. Eight years of Obama caused more destruction to America than 70 years of the Soviet Union. Well, certainly you look at the Biden administration <laughs> and they are graduates of the Obama administration. Well, it's the yeah. third term. It's Obama's third term. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, I wish you the best. Paul. Paul, can I ask a question? What, one more what question for, for Don, poll, and then we got to so let Paul go. Um, Paul, why do you think the polls are so consistently uh, underrepresenting um, uh, more conservative Republicans? Um, yeah. Look, look we've, the history has always been to misrepresent Republican to vote. 
in, in recent polls. I mean, and it's because of the way the samples are put together, the model that you use to build the sample off. But additionally, today, I think more and more Republicans and conservatives are, are not answering pollsters' questions correctly because they're, they do feel the intimidation that I was talking about a little while ago. And they're not willing to stick their necks out in a way that will expose them. Uh, but they still weren't ready to, to vote their conscience, and I think they're doing that. But uh, yeah, there are some pollsters that you can follow that will give you a pretty fair representation of what's going on. Emerson, Trafalgar, you look at them, they have been historically a lot closer to the final results in the last couple of cycles. And they're, they're the ones showing right now a, a Republican, uh, the movement toward Republicans. And even they are saying they don't feel they're capturing all of the hidden vote that will be turning out for Republicans. Yet they're the ones who are showing, for example, Laxalt winning, Masters within a couple of points, Herschel Walker winning, uh, uh, Oz closing the race down to less than five points. Um, Johnson winning. So uh, polls are interesting to, to model, but you, for people like me, it's it's <laughs> the trends and the, and the internal demographics that, that are more important to see that Hispanics are moving in the kind of way they are in the Southwest. Well, I don't care what the, the poll result is right now. When I see the movement going on in the Hispanic community, I can project what that's going to be like on election day. And, and if the movement keeps up, and there's nothing that's stopping that movement from growing. Uh, and so Masters is going to be the beneficiary of that. Uh, Laxalt's going to be the beneficiary of that. Um, and uh, and so what looks like a two or three point race could be a five or six point race on election day. Well, for instance, in New Jersey, uh, the, the, for the governorship, they said he was 13 points ahead. Correct. And, and a lot of people stayed home not realizing how close it became. And the only reason he won, Murphy won, was uh, uh, the tally of votes in Jersey City. Yeah, the... I think that's right, Don. And, and you look at New York, what they're trying to do in New York. Zeldin is very close. Uh, and yet they're trying to make Huckle look like she's building a, a lead. She's not. And, uh, I mean, crime in New York is a big issue. She's on the wrong side of it. What's happened to Zeldin's own family has amplified it. Uh, and that's, that race is almost a dead heat right now. And if the movement continues the way it is, he could win. But, but again, can I ask the question uh, as a media person, because I just watch it all the time. How, we talk about it here and uh, we see it. But yet, if you look at the media, if you look at the Philadelphia Inquirer, if you look at any newspaper that I read or television, you, you know, none of what we're seeing gets seems to get through the general population. And in some races, that could be a problem. But here's why it's not going to be this time. Because what they're reading in the newspapers doesn't fit with what they're feeling at their dinner tables, what they're feeling in the gas at the gas stations. Yep. They know, American people know how they're being impacted by these policies. And they know who's to blame. Uh, and, and so, and, and they don't really read the newspapers I mean, anymore or get their news from, from even the networks anymore the way they used to. I mean, there used to be the media was a trusted uh, part of our society. It's not anymore. The credibility of the media is down competing with Congress and now the FBI for, uh, for credibility. It's, it's, yeah. it's like a 20 percent. People go to where they want to get, get their news from where they feel comfortable. So, yes, Fox. Yes, uh, the conservative stations, the Republicans. 
MSNBC yeah. to, uh, to to the and the networks to the liberals. But but the American people don't need a filter this time because they're feeling directly the insecurity economically, personally, on their in their further to their freedom, uh, and 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 in in the border security as well as the criminal increase in crime in their neighborhoods. They're feeling that they don't need to have the media tell them something different. That's why nothing is going to change in this election. Uh, and that's why uh, the Democrats are going to find themselves in a very bad situation on November 9th. Well, Paul, b- before we let you go, how do we get your book and uh, what's next for you as an author? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. In fact, all these issues we've talked about are in my book. I talk about them in great detail. Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com. You can get it on BarnesandNobles.com, Simon Schuster. Most bookstores have it now. Um, I'm, you know, some of the bookstores don't have it anymore because it's been selling out, which I'm pleased about. Uh, but the, but they're, my publishers said they're replenishing it now. Um, so it's it's available. You can pretty much get it almost anywhere. And uh, and what's next for me is to, as I talk about in the book, to con- now use this celebrity that I have as a result of the last four or five years to promote the causes of freedom and and, and try and be a a crusader for our, our bill of rights. Well, good stuff, uh, my friend. Jump in here. Yeah. Since your last yeah. appearance, I read your book. And I haven't agreed. It's one of the better books I've read on uh, Inside Washington. You're to be congratulated. Thank you, Don. Well, this has been amazing. Paul, thanks for doing this, my friend. I always enjoy seeing you and hearing from you. And uh, you've made IQ's day, by the way, for being on today. <laughs> and uh, and thank you, Paul. Appreciate it, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, good talking to you guys. Thank you, guys. We're going to take a brief timeout when we come back. Our next guest, we're going to take a 60-second timeout, be back with more here on our big, big program. Uh, and for that, we are going to go to our – let's see if that uh, – did that work? Did that uh, – I don't know. What, what, what happened to my recording? I thought I had a recording in the video. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I guess we're going to go to our next guest. She is going to join us. Jen Jacobson is going to be with us. And uh, we are going to go to our next guest. She is going to join us here in just a few seconds. And uh, before we do that, we want to get IQL Rizzoli and the great Don Mazzella in there with us. And uh, for that, I've got to switch. Oh, this 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 is definitely... Uh, I definitely am going to have to reboot the computer as soon as we are done with the live show here. Uh, Don Mazzella from SB Digest is going to join us here in just a few moments. Also, the great IQ Al Razzoli as well. And uh, you can get in touch with us online at JiggyJaguar.com, iHeartRadio, and of course, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. And we are going to go to our guest, Jen Jacobson from Beloved cheesecakes and uh, jen welcome to the broadcast how are you my friend i'm good thanks for having me uh i I apologize for just getting to you uh we had we ran along with paul manafort and uh that's okay so we're 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 good now my friend so so jen tell me and don and iq a little bit about your situation and some some of the things that you're doing as as a business owner and all these things. Talk to us here. Floor is yours, yeah. my friend. Uh, I have hi guys. I have a business, uh, a cheesecake cafe in Silverton, Oregon, and 
right now we are really um you know we're coming up to november 8th and we're really trying to change oregon is what we're trying to do that's awesome that's awesome so how how did beloved cheesecakes get started uh, I came out of domestic violence eight years ago, and I had no plans of being a business owner. I actually went to school for social work, and I ended up um, accidentally, through God, I ended up making cheesecakes, and that became a side hustle that now has turned into a brick-and-mortar storefront. Um, it's been pretty remarkable. I have three boys, and... When I started, I started, I opened up eight months before the lockdown. So it was myself and my three boys that opened up the shop. Wow. That's pretty fantastic. So what has been, what, what was the impact on the lockdown and some of that stuff compared to when you got the business going? What, 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 what was, what was that like as far as everything? Yeah. So when I got the business going, my town, I'm in a tourist town, uh, Silverton. It's outside of Portland and we have waterfalls here and it's a really uh, a, a huge tourist town, tourist attraction. And, yeah. and um, we, I had a Kickstarter, the whole community came around me and rallied around and a Kickstarter was started and met the funding goals and helped me get beloved cheesecakes up and going. And then when the lockdown happened, I, I, I don't have biological family. My dad's passed away uh, when I was 14 and my mom hasn't been in my life. So, and I don't have any siblings. So it's just me and it was just me and my boys and I'm essential to them. And I chose to keep my doors open not do the mass and um the community really changed here locally uh, our small little town they didn't like my stance and you know it's been um it's been a ride <laughs> so don i'll start with you what 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 kind of questions do you have for jen oh i have a lot of questions i wouldn't mind jen but i sent you an email to be on my program but you never replied uh, i'm glad jiggy got her <laughs> Oh, um, but anyway, well, my, my first question always, always is, um, what makes your cheesecake so special? Well, definitely Jesus. Um, a lot of love goes into my cheesecakes and honestly, I mean, that's the only thing because people love our cheesecakes. I've won best dessert of Willamette Valley the last three years and I've only been in business three years. Um, so people keep telling me that. You know, they've traveled the world and our cheesecake's the best they've ever had. Or people from New York, they love our cheesecake. Um, and honestly, I really don't know other than I truly put my heart into it. I am a perfectionist and I really care about my products and being consistent. And I do everything homemade. We zest our limes and our lemons. We juice them. There's nothing... Um, there's nothing really store-bought. You know, I make our own caramel sauce and all of that. Well, you make it all, but, but let's take you. What's your biggest selling uh, cheesecake? Our salted caramel. That's our signature one. Uh, the whole cheesecake is nine inches, and it's, it's, it's really heavy, and uh, it's thick. 
And that one I love to donate to different uh, fundraisers in our area. And the whole cheesecake at different local auctions has gone from $600 to $850 to most recently at a Freedom event, uh, $906. Wow. Yeah. Well, I guess my question, if I wanted to buy one for myself from your store, what would it cost me? Uh, anywhere from 58 to $64, depending on what kind. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Um, uh, you, you said, like you say, you, you went into the cheesecake business, but is, is it, do you draw enough people from, from your area or, or do you get a lot of uh, mail orders? How, uh, how do you expand your area to make them going concern? So when I was doing it at home, uh, my side hustle, I had customers from Vancouver, Washington, all the way south to Eugene. So that's a, probably, I would say, oh my gosh, maybe a 60-mile radius. Um, and then when I opened up here in town, I really thought it was going to do well because it's a tourist town. And then... Three weeks after I was open, a resort here in our town actually started carrying my cheesecakes. And then a couple other restaurants picked up on them and started carrying my cheesecakes all before COVID. Um, now it's been, you know, restaurants are struggling and been in a, a deficit. And um, so I'm trying to get myself back out there in restaurants. I'm collaborating with different wineries right now. Um, wow. We do do mail. We do... We ship nationally, and I, Kirk Cameron and Pastor Rob McCoy from California came up and interviewed me in September 2020, and Pastor Rob's church, Godspeak Calvary, they really kept me going through that um, winter because they just kept ordering cheesecakes this whole congregation, <laughs> and then I was on Fox and Friends in April of 2021, and I got so many orders nationally, so that was really amazing as well. Well, how many cheesecakes a week do you make on average? Oh, my gosh. On average, let me see here. We probably do, um, I'm, I'm going to look at my calculator. Hey, hey, I, I'll tell you, that that's a good problem to have, Jen. <laughs> if you're... Um, <laughs> On average a week, we probably make around um, anywhere, depending on different events that are happening, 200 to 300 cheesecakes a week. Wow. Well, and it's just you and the, your three boys? You have I, I have a team now. Um, <laughs> my best friend, she works with me, and I couldn't do it without her. And then my oldest son, he'll bake for us here and there. My middle son runs the shop. He's upstairs right now running the shop. And... Uh, then I have a few employees now. I have more employees than I've ever had, so that's cool. And uh, we have a really good team. That's awesome. Well, I'm not a cook. All I can make is spaghetti. But I'm going to ask a question. What? How do you make a cheesecake? Um, a lot of ingredients. I was just recently at an event, and we were selling our cheesecake at the event because I had to give that venue forty uh, percent of my profit, and uh, it was a lot. Um, so I, my prices in the shop are $9 a slice and we were selling them for 11 at the event. And some lady had made a comment, uh, that 
you know, she's like, oh, your cheesecake is good, but it's not $11 a slice good. And she said, comparable to corn on the cob or elephant ear or something else. And I was thinking, seriously, that's only one or two ingredients uh, compared to a cheesecake that has graham crackers, you know, brown sugar, vanilla, cream cheese, heavy cream, sour cream. Well, um, and this is the thing. Pe- people don't understand. I, I didn't realize this till a few years ago with some of yeah. these some of these fairs and festivals and things. As a, as, as a vendor, you guys are getting the short end of the stick. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe 40%. That is amazing. Yeah, it, it, that one, I, I probably won't do that one again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is, it's a lot. And um, so, and then not only that, you have your labor because cheesecakes, um, it's not like baking a flour cake. It's, um, it's like a custard almost. So you have to, um, you're preparing it, you're preparing the crust, and then you prepare the filling. And then you have to let it sit for an hour. And yes. then you have to let it, stay overnight and cool down and before you can even serve it. So um, it's a lot of work and it's time consuming. <laughs> Very much but, so. Um, when you ship it, do you ship it in an insulated, does it have to be refrigerated? I do ship it in an insulated styrofoam container that is shipped with dry ice. But what happens if somebody turns it over? Um, it's We have it shrink wrapped and so it's in the container it's fit the mold right for it you know so even if it was to turn over which i'm sure it happens it's still uh shrink wrapped and really packed in there so tightly that it's not damaged unless it's not delivered it's two day shipping you know and if it's delivered after two days then that's not good well what about uh expansion i mean uh, 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 can you go from like the 2,000 uh, uh, cakes a, a, a week, or, or would you have to go to a bigger f- facility? Um, right now, I mean, I did purchase some more ovens. Um, that My goal is, is to open a second location, so I've been purchasing different. I'm super frugal, so I find stuff used, and um, I do have a storage where I'm keeping some items that I have found so to open up a second location. I'm just not sure. I'm waiting to see what happens in Oregon come November. <laughs> so, so this is your third year. So, are you, do you think you're profitable your third year? I'm almost there. I, I mean, I do. I mean, I'm obviously able to pay my employees, and I'm not going under. Um, I haven't paid myself yet, um, but I. I'm getting there and we have new products that are coming out. My 17 year old son came up with a genius idea that we're going to, I I don't want to say what it is yet, but we're working on the packaging and um, all the fine details of it. And hopefully that will get into grocery stores. And that's my goal. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. And uh, so I think we, I mean, we have a really amazing product. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to sound boastful or not, but we really do. And I, people love our cheesecake so much that I really have built up a name brand um, here. A lot of people in Oregon and even outside of Oregon. A cool story, when I was at the Reawaken America tour with um, 
I was a vendor there because I have a food cart as well. And That's uh, awesome. so, yeah, it's a, just a travel one and I don't bake out of it. But I took that to the Reawaken tour and a vendor there. And I actually got the honor to serve Eric Trump cheesecake. And he had said he had heard of us. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, well, you got the right show for that statement, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? I know. So uh, let's go to IQ Al Rizzoli. IQ, what kind of questions here do you have for Jen Jacobson from uh, Beloved Cheesecakes? Unfortunately, I've never been able to make a single cake. I can cook everything else, <laughs> Italian, Chinese, Indian, but I have never been able to do anything with pastry or cakes. I wish you would teach me. <laughs> I, maybe I can make a video. Where Where are you out of? He is he is based in the United Kingdom. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah, I'd have to do yes. a video and show you how to do it. Yeah, uh, I, it IQ's if you big. Put it on YouTube. I'd be a very good <laughs> student. I promise you. I IQ's big claim to fame is that he is he, he is he is in Europe. He uh, he spent some god-awful amount of money to get to get a green card. And uh, he is the biggest Donald Trump fan you will ever find. Oh. So, <laughs> he, he, yeah, uh, but he's underplaying me because I'm the biggest <laughs> believer in American ex- exceptionalism you will ever find. Yeah, that's great. And you are a representative, by the way. Only in America. You couldn't do it anywhere else, I don't think, honestly. Yeah. Only I, I, in America could you some... Somebody who lands in America, whether illegal or legal, and somehow he makes it, yes. or she makes it, only in America. That's the, no question. From you know, from my point of view, no question. I, and I, I wish you the best. Thank you so uh, much. Pam, what's behind you? What 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 is it behind you? You've uh, got a collage there behind yeah. you. If if you're watching us on a uh, on our TV partners or or where have you on our video sites. What is all that behind you, my friend? You've got a collage there. This is actually one of my walls in my shop. It's the back. Um, <laughs> all my walls in the shop have signs everywhere. And uh, people love it, actually. They come in, and there's just a lot. Some are funny. Uh, some are inspirational and hope-filled. And I, relationships are my biggest um that's my biggest gold. That's my million dollars that I feel like I've um, conquered with beloved cheesecakes as I have made so many relationships with people. And uh, I love it because people come in and even during COVID, you know, they would be sad or hurt from family members, not visiting with them. And then they just come in and they would read the signs and um, it puts a smile on people's face. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a word person. And obviously you can see that. <laughs> That is awesome. So, uh, so Don, uh, I- any more questions here for uh, for? Oh, Jim? we have a thousand questions for her. But, <laughs> but, but uh, again, what can you say? She's um, another American success story. Uh, um, but I, I, I guess the next one. How old are your boys? Uh, my oldest is twenty, and my middle son is seventeen, and my youngest is fourteen. And they're all in the business. They, well, they are. My oldest one is kind of on his way out. He's doing mission field work, and uh, he's been to Tanzania recently That's and awesome. Dubai. And so he's 
he's going to be going to Florida here shortly and uh, probably making his roots there, which oh. I might join him. <laughs> you couldn't get him to stay in the business. No, and, and we, we really do. Um, we butt heads, and we know that. So he bakes, and he'll bake at night when I'm not here. So that way, um, you know, he doesn't have to hear it from me. And uh, we just kind of butt heads. We have a great relationship, but we just know we don't work well together. Yeah. Um, my middle son, Gabe, he is... He's definitely plans to be the CEO of Beloved Cheesecakes. Oh. And to be honest, once he turns 18, I've told him, I said, you're co-owner because he really, um, he puts as much into it as I do. He really loves it. And the customers adore him and they constantly compliment him and saying that you don't see 17 year olds engaging and talking to customers and caring like he does. And he really, really does. So. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, what happens when someone says to you, we don't like your cheesecake? Um, I just tell them that, hey, it's not for everybody. Not everybody loves cheese. <laughs> it's not for everybody. <laughs> you know, and to be honest, I, I tell them I, I'm not even a cheesecake person. I mean, I like it, but it's not my go-to dessert. I would go towards ice cream myself. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, uh... So as 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 we as we uh, kind of wrap up here, let's start with IQ Al-Rizzoli. Um IQ, how do we get your books and everything, my friend? My books are on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Just Google my name, Al-Rizzoli, A L R A S O L I. Good stuff. And I wish you the best. Have a great success. Make a video, please. Oh, thank you so much. I will. So, Don, uh, your your Let new me book. Because I got to tell you something else, but I would like to. I'm not in front of Pam. <laughs> okay, um, what is the uh, what what is the update on the book? Oh, well, like February first, the book's coming out. So fantastic. Uh, uh, he who rules the waves, and, um, and right now, two SB Digest, and you know uh, the NREF. The hyphen NR and national um, oh boy, the NREF.org for robotics, um, uh, which you know is uh, dear to my heart. Yes, well, Jen, before we let you go, uh, bring us up to speed on how we get in touch with you on the web, everything, social media, the yes. whole nine yards. Yes, so our website is uh, belovedcheesecakes.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Truth Social, and I just started a Telegram channel. So all Fantastic. beloved cheesecakes with an S, so it's plural, uh, and then you'll find us. Fantastic. Fantastic. You have been amazing. Thanks for doing this, my friend, and uh, we'll definitely talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nice meeting you guys. Appreciate it, my friend. There she goes. That is Jen Jacobson from Beloved Cheesecakes. And uh, before we let everybody go, okay, Don, what, 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 what is I just got to tell you. What is the deal 23rd, here, my friend? The 23rd here in New Jersey. You know what it in is? Jersey. Exotica. I believe it is at the Exotica Convention. Michael Nagy will be there representing me. <laughs> Are you are you going? Are you? No, going? I will not. I I I've I've been to New Jersey one time, and everybody 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 talked like Andrew Dice Clay, and didn't obey any rules. 
and uh, all sorts of things. So. Okay. Well, but I do this next summer. I, 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 I think I have conned, maybe. I think maybe I have conned the lovely and talented Britannia, and me and her may come out to New Jersey next summer. But uh, and and as I've al- as I always say, Don, when it comes to Exotica, if you want to go, you tell me. I'll get you a press pass. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm never worried about that. My wife me. But anyway, I but I had to tell you. I, I, how 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 did you find this out? Did did, did you see an ad somewhere? Well, you know, we're going up and down the turnpike. We've moved to Wilmington. Yes. And there's a big sign out there. You know, <laughs> of course and every there is. That sign, it says about the convention, my wife says, you got to tell Jiggy about it. So I'm telling <laughs> Jiggy. That makes my day, my friend. Well, uh, well, I will, talk to, my day. I will yeah. talk to you next week. Thank you, Don. By the way, Paul was terrific. Yes. Paul was, terrific. Paul was amazing. Well, uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it, brother. There he goes. Fantastic. Don Mazzella. Yes, that Don Mazzella. Get a hold of us online at JiggyJaguar.com. And uh, this has been our Twitch thing. And uh, I have got one more gimmick that I've got to take care of today. And uh, as always, go to JiggyJaguar.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.